By what name are you known? There are some who call me... Tim... Hey, what's going on? You're tuning into 20 Tim Minutes. This is a podcast that focuses on mental health through humor, insight, and personal stories. I am your host, Tim McCarthy. You are listening to episode 90. That's 9-0. Holy smokes, I am 10 episodes away from number 100. If you want to submit a question to me, go to 2010minutes.com, text me at 781-523-9300. Three, three, or just message me on social media. I'd love to get some questions about me, mental health, the podcast, anything to go over for episode 100. Or if you want to send me in a video of yourself, just being like, hey, congrats. I can throw you on an episode. That'd be great. Go to 2010minutes.com as well to learn more information about me and the podcast. Um, don't forget, I got an app that you can download on iTunes and uh, Android. I got app. I got merch to sell. I got hats, beanies, shirts, you name it. I want to get some sweatshirts again, but we'll see. I got to stop moving some of my product. I think it's hat season for everybody and you need to get yourself a hat, even though I'm not even wearing my own hat. That is that. This week I have on Jason from the Knocking Doors Down podcast. I was actually just on his podcast and uh, we had a lot of fun. That podcast, super underrated. He's had a bunch of people on. He's had like Kelly Osborne, Charlie Sheen, Bam Margera, Rick Flair. He's had a bunch of different people on and uh, you should check them out, Knocking Doors Down. And I'm one of them on the list now. Tim McCarthy, host of 2010 Minutes. You know, you know what I mean? Kelly Osborne, Tim McCarthy. Who are you going to go with? Um... So yeah, be sure to check that one out. This will be out that this week. Um, so yeah, going on with me. Uh, therapy has been good. I had a pretty um, interesting conversation with my therapist about a topic that I don't know if I'm too comfortable with talking about yet, but it was very emotional. I cried a lot. He helped me a lot. I had to like talk to myself, which was like I had to talk to like teen Tim and all this other stuff. Um, it was interesting, but one of the topics was I like felt like I don't really have friends to do stuff with. And uh, like I have friends. I just had a fantasy football draft with my buddies and it was a lot of fun. But like I've been taking my meds pretty well lately and I feel like they've calmed me down. Like I'm very over the top and like very animated. I feel like I haven't been like that often lately, which I don't think is a bad thing. I should probably start acting like an adult. But I just noticed it because like we we, I, we all had fun, but I just knew I wasn't myself or like the person they perceived me to be that I used to be. Um, I don't know. The meds are helping out, so I can't be upset about it. But my therapist was like, you should use that app Meetup, which is like an app you can use to like meet up with other adults, like have like a play date and go do things. It's like back in the day when you would go to the playground as a kid and you would see like another five-year-old and be like, hey, what's up? You want to play in the dirt? Okay, cool. It was a lot easier to make friends back then. Now, not so much. Everyone's busy. I understand that. Um, I was going to talk about this later, but I guess this is really beneficial for your health is uh, reaching out to friends. I know I was kind of against it for a little while just because I was actually for it for so long. And then I was against it because no one was doing it to me. And then I was getting to that point of like getting very upset. But connection is a basic human need we all need. And obviously, if we don't have that, then it's not going to be good. Uh, there's evidence Lincoln perceived social isolation and with health consequences. Being socially isolated is a highly negative and painful social experience for people. There's evidence Lincoln perceived social. Uh, I already read that. Um, 
It can include depression, poor sleep quality, quicker cognitive decline, poor cardiovascular function, and impaired immunity at every stage of life. Being socially isolated is highly negative and painful social experiments experience for people. So reaching out to somebody is uh, is good. It's like when you give somebody a gift, they absolutely love it. So if uh, you haven't reached out to a certain person in a long time, just again, just shoot them a text, see how they're doing, bring up an old memory, say that you're thinking about them. Um, because that's always the case. And it doesn't really correlate with it. But again, th- this week is suicide prevention week. Um, so according to the CDC, the rates of suicide, self-harm, anxiety, and depression are coming among adolescents, a trend that began before the pandemic, um, which is unfortunate to see because hopefully that suicide numbers will be going down, especially self-harm. Um, but yeah, it is suicide prevention week. There's a lot of risk factors. There's... Um, Warning signs I'm going to go over, and then also I'm going to go over the whole mood disorder thing from uh, last week's episode from part one. But for Suicide Prevention Week, um, we definitely got to make sure we keep each other um, okay. So there's risk factors that are characterizing conditions. There's one that's health, which is like depression, substance abuse, bipolar, schizophrenia, anxiety disorders, and so have you. Then there's environmental, which is access to lethal means, including firearms and drugs, stressful life events like rejection, divorce, financial crisis, exposure to another person's suicide or a graphic centralized accounts of suicide, and then historical previous suicide attempts, family history of suicide, childhood abuse, neglect, or trauma. Then protective factors, access to mental health care and being proactive about mental health, feeling connected to family and community which is like you got to reach out to friends as well, problem solving and coping skills, limited access to lethal means. Uh, Then some of the warning signs. Um, There's a lot that the easiest one is people that talk about it. And um, one of the best things you can do if you are concerned with buddy, with somebody is asking, asking them directly. I am like tripping over my words today and I don't know why I actually didn't take my meds today yet. So that's probably why I'm very jittery. Need to get on my lamictal. But asking someone straight up if they're going to kill themselves is the best way. You wouldn't think that is. But again, I'm not a professional. None of my ideas or suggestions are professionally advised. But from what I've learned, that is probably the best way to go about it. So if a person talks about killing themselves, feeling hopeless, having no reason to live, being a burden to others, feeling trapped, unbearable pain, those are pretty good signs that uh, they might be suicidal. And then their behaviors, increased use of alcohol, looking for a way to end their lives, searching it online, withdrawing from activities, isolating, see, sleeping too much or too little, visiting or calling people to say goodbye, been there, giving away prized possessions, aggression and fatigue. And then obviously there's mood, depression, anxiety, loss of interest, irritability, shame, anger, sudden improvement. Uh, So if you are concerned with somebody, don't feel uh, hesitant to do what you have to do to help them, um, whether it be 911 or giving them the suicide prevention hotline, which is 988, or just talking to somebody. Um, don't be afraid to reach out to somebody if you truly think they're suicidal. Like, like someone said to me, I'd rather have a, uh, I'd rather have a dead, I would rather have a bad friend than a dead friend. And uh, I'm with that. Bad friends are funny. They're your friend, but they're just bad. Um, but yeah, the CDC, like I said, the rates are uh, going up on adolescents even before the pandemic. And I know a lot of people are killing themselves like because of the pandemic, like losing their jobs and everything in between. And I just can't, couldn't fathom that at all. Um, 
But yeah, if you uh, so let me get back to mood disorders. I know last week I talked about the difference between um, mood disorders and personality disorders. So I wanted to go over this. Also, if you think you have a mood disorder, don't diagnose yourself. Don't go to WebMD. Uh, and, and don't be worried either, but talk to a health provider or a professional when it comes to this. It's not cool to have a mental illness. And I feel like it sometimes feels like a fad where like kids, and I always say this like on TikTok being like, I have ADHD. And then they do like a TikTok dance and they're like, they take like one little symptom that ADHD is and they bring it into like a huge thing. It's like, oh, I can't pay attention. I must have ADHD or ADD. And it's like, yeah, you got to get up on it. Um, and I was looking up celebrities that had, um, bipolar or mental mood disorders and, uh, Mariah Carey was one, she was in denial and was isolated a lot. She kept that in and then she was like, you know what? I just got to keep on making music. I wonder if she gets sick of her own Christmas song every year. Cause I know a lot of people do. I'm not a Christmas guy, so I'm not really a big Christmas music guy, Christmas music and, and Irish music from St. Patrick's day. I can do without um, I don't know if that's a bad thing, but those are two things that I don't really enjoy. Mel Gibson was one. I know he was arrested in that drunk driving arrest back in, I don't know, like 2008, maybe I could be way off with that. And like, that's like lashing out and alcoholism. And when you're on alcohol with a mood disorder, it definitely exaggerates or exacerbates one of those words. It definitely comes out a lot harder. Uh, Kurt Cobain was diagnosed ADHD and bipolar. Obviously, he took his life uh, 94 at the age of 27, which a lot of people think uh, Courtney Cox was the one that killed him because he like he uh, trigger warning. He killed himself with a uh, with a shotgun and they said he did it with his toe. But I don't know the conspiracy theories. What do you guys think of conspiracy theories? I'm not saying like you believe in them or like you're all about them, but I think they're interesting to hear because sometimes people are just fucking crazy. And there's ones that I really like, like the Avril Lavigne one. I don't know the exact details, but I know she had a body double that looked exactly like her. And then one of them, like supposedly like one of them disappeared and they can't find them. So like there's a possibility that the Avril Lavigne that you know is the body double. And like, it kind of makes sense because she went from that guy from some 41 to the guy from Nickelback. And she kind of like, was like, see you later, boy, you're a skater boy. I don't know. I don't know if that's even a really conspiracy theorist or, uh, or that's just some dumb thing I read on like E-bombs world. Uh, Frank Sinatra, uh, also had that, I guess he had a volatile temper and I feel like I, I, everyone knew, knew that, but he's big into charities too, which like, I have a very bad temper, like I'm not proud of this, but like back in like high school and middle school, I used to like fucking punch the wall when I used to get like very upset. Like I have like mini scars on my knuckles from it. Um, I had one where like my a nail on the wall like went right through the web of my index and middle finger. Not proud of it, obviously. It's kind of fucking embarrassing to even admit that, but I was so young at the age of like 16. So that was like 20 years ago. Holy shit, that was 20 years ago. Um, but I've come a long way and I'm proud of myself. I can say that about how I manage my uh, anger. Definitely had my flare-ups, definitely had my setbacks, but all in all, it's, uh, it's a really good feeling. And then Jean-Claude Van Damme did karate at the age of 10, got his black belt by 18, and then 10 years after Bloodsport, he got hit with the mood disorder. And uh, it's cool to see that a lot of people uh, put themselves out there, especially celebrities that people get looked up to that can come out and talk about that and... Uh, overcome their adversity so let's get to mood disorders real quick um again like that's what i want to talk about talk about the first uh five most common 
There's bipolar one, bipolar two, uh, psych cyclothymic, <laughs> nailed it. And then other types possible four, and it depends on drugs and alcohol as well. The main difference between bipolar one and two uh, lies in the severity of manic episodes caused by each type. A person with bipolar one will experience a full manic episode, while a person with bipolar two, which is me, will experience only a hypomanic episode, which is a period that's less severe than a full manic episode. So bipolar one just lasts a lot longer. Bipolar two is like kind of uh, quick. And then cyclo cyclothymic disorder is a rare mood disorder. Cyclothymia causes emotional ups and downs, but they're not as extreme as those with bipolar one or two. With cyclothymia, you experience periods when your mood noticeably shifts up and down from your baseline. And then bipolar four, I didn't know this was one because like, so cyclothymia is like possibly bipolar three. And this is all new to me too. So bipolar four identified by manic and hypomanic episodes that occur only after taking antidepressant medications, which I believe is like, if I still took my meds and I was still hypomanic. So like, 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 again, I'm not self-diagnosing, but like, I should ask my therapist about this because like, I feel like I still have symptoms even though I take my meds, but is it because maybe I missed a med or maybe I took too much at one time? That's super interesting. But then there's bipolar five, which refers to patients who have a family history of bipolar disorder, but only have symptoms of major depression themselves. There is just way too many different types of things. And they, it's kind of, it's interesting because they're breaking it down more and more because everybody is different, but how many do you have to have? Like, is the treatment for bipolar one and this possible bipolar five that much different? It may be. I should probably do more um, studying on that. But again, not a professional. Don't really like reading books. Barely like reading. Um, I go to summary.com, S-M-M-R-Y. You put an article in that, it breaks it down for you for people like me. So that's one of them is bipolar. Um, and then major depressive disorder is characterized by a severe and prolonged low mood, intense sadness, irritability, or sense of dread. A person suffering from serious depression may also be unable to appreciate things that are normally pleasurable. Major, depressive, major depression is more than just being in a foul mood, having a bad day, or experiencing a brief period of despair. Um, it's described as lasting at least two weeks, but they commonly continue much longer for months or even years. So that's a major depressive disorder. Then there's, uh, oh, geez, there we go. Uh, dysthymia, dysthymia, fuck yeah. It's characterized as a mild depression for an extended period, at least two years for adults and one year for adolescents and teenagers. Unlike major depressive disorder, MDD, who? Uh, in which a person has severe episodes that come and go, people with dysthymia experience mild episodes that last much longer. And then there's other two, which is related to another health condition. Say you have cancer or HIV, and even medications can help you with it uh, can affect you with that. And then substance-induced mood disorder, more commonly with opioids. Um, so those are the five different mood disorders that I found. Um, again, living with bipolar is difficult. It's, you can manage it, obviously. Um, so only about 20% of those who are identified as having a mood disorder receive therapy. I feel like that is an extreme low number. Um, I'm very fortunate to have therapy with my bipolar too. I do, I haven't been as manic as I have been. Or, or actually, you know what? Either or, I haven't been much. Like I've been sad at times, but everyone can be sad. Doesn't mean I'm like super depressed. And the same goes with manic. I can be happy, but not overly happy. 
and that's totally fine too. Like you can be overly happy, but with, with the mania, I always set myself up to fail, fail when, when it comes to like mania and when I'm am manic and I'm like, I'm going to do all this. I'm going to like clean the house and I'm going to like, like redo the shingles. It's like, I don't even know how to do that shit. Um, but that, that's what that's like. And then before I got my help, I would be in bed for like a week and like calling out of work and not showering. And like, that's when it was at my worst. So I can only imagine the 60% of the people that aren't receiving therapy or meds. It's a nightmare and it's not easy and I, and it's exhausting. And I'm just so proud of myself of how far I've come to uh, manage that. And uh, I'm doing a pretty good job. Do you hate, hate everyone? You know, those people that just hate everybody. Um, I used to be like that. And um, I guess it's not good for you. So the reasons you might hate somebody, hate everybody. It's like when you feel like, oh my God, I hate people. Like reasons you might hate someone, stress, social anxiety, introverted personality, ideological differences. So the consequences on that, because you should at least like some people. Um, it's an impact on your mental health. It's going to rob you of enjoyment. Hatred uses a great deal of cognitive and emotional energy. And so it's exhausting for yourself. It doesn't help connecting with others to enrich your life. It impacts on your physical health because if you're not being mentally healthy, you're not going to be physically healthy. It's all connected, baby. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. I just had a piece of cat hair in my mouth. So there's good, some coping strategies, um, Avoid all or nothing thinking, which is if your hatred toward others is rooted in disagreement with them about a specific issue, try to remember that you can disagree and even be angry without others hating them. Just because you strongly disagree with someone or behavior does not mean that person is all bad. The type of thinking is called all or nothing thinking, and, it's, and it is irrational. Remind yourself that your feelings of hate are about the issue, not the person. Avoid generalizing if your hatred toward others focuses on a group of people, such as people of a certain race, region, or religion. Your thinking is irrational because you are generalizing. You are lumping an entire group of people into one bad category, making assumptions about them based on demographic characteristics, which for the most part means racism. Okay, that one's pretty easy. Practice empathy. Nuance and empathy are anecdotes to irrational thoughts. Anecdotes. It's important to understand that no one is all good or all bad. Putting yourself in someone else's shoes, while not always easy, can go a long way toward increasing empathy and reducing hate. Just as you have reasons for your beliefs and behaviors, so do others. Prioritize self-care. It's important to prioritize yourself and take care of yourself. For instance, if you are stressed out, you may need to make changes to your life to help better cope. Or if you're an introvert, you may need to set boundaries to help you make more comfortable. And then seek therapy. Therapy can explore your feelings and understandings of why you hate everyone. It's also helped you to be more empathetic, build healthy relationships, and develop alternate coping skills. I used to be this person. I used to hate everybody, but I'm very empathetic now. I always put myself in other people's shoes. I do that like when I'm watching movies and like I get like super emotional. I'm like, this is a fake character. So if I can do that with fake characters, I can do that with real people. I appreciate you guys checking out another episode of 2010 Minutes. This is always a lot of fun. Sorry for like my terrible speech this week. I like didn't know how to talk. But uh, definitely go to 2010minutes.com. Check me out. Don't forget to raise awareness for Suicide Prevention Week. Um, you can go to uh, AFSPA. Is that it? Let me look that up real quick. 
Yeah, the AFSP, which um, you can go to for more information, which is the um, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, AFSP.org. Go give them a head, go give them a checkout and uh, make sure you learn up, like I am. Be sure to reach out to your friends as well. That's another episode of Twenty Ten Minutes. I am your host Tim McCarthy. Episode ninety. Thank you so much for checking me out. I love you, and have a good one. And we're clear. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. If you are feeling suicidal, please dial 911.